0: This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issues, The Power of Gratitude.
1: A tiny step, do something that's going to physically make you feel better. And I believe that that starts to shift the way we feel mentally. Because I don't always think it's easy to shift mentally mm-hmm. without doing a physical thing. Sometimes it
0: is, but I think it's the practice. I agree 100%. Changes energy. So do something physical and then perhaps your your mindset changes
1: right it could be journal it could be dance it could be sing it could be walk it could be jump up and down whatever it is for you it could be make a cup of coffee but intentionally
0: you have problems she has answers getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about this is advice for life with lynn Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForlifeLynn.com slash audible. I love the word free. There are over hundred and eighty thousand titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 Player. Hi everybody, we're gonna talk about gratitude. And you know what usually comes to mind. When you talk about gratitude, it's being grateful for all the good stuff, you know? And if you're in a good place, that's pretty easy to do, you know? Saying things like, I'm grateful for my car, I'm grateful for my health, my friends. Actually, I always try to, whenever I get a parking space, I always say, thank you, God. (laughs) It's the little things, but yeah, it's the big things, so... But I have learned the true power of gratitude is for all things in your life, all things in your life, and that it has the ability to redirect your life and give you more of what you want simply by having appreciation for all you have in your life and all you're experiencing, even the crappy stuff, which is really hard to do. So recently, my boyfriend and I were on this incredible European trip, this vacation with my parents, like a once in a lifetime trip, you know, my parents are in their 70s. And, you know, a trip where, you know, we didn't know if we'd ever be back to these countries, or if we'd ever go on this trip like this again with my parents. And a few days into the trip, my guy got really, really sick. We had to go to the ER in another country. And there was really nothing doctors or he or anybody could do It was one of those things you had to like wait it out. And he was in a lot of pain a little demanding, you know how men are. <laughs> and, um, and, well, not really. Well, maybe just a little. And um, he was totally out of commission for a couple of days. Anyway, I handled this in the beginning with grace. You know, I know how to be Florence Nightingale. I know what's right. And then I started to get upset because this was not the picture I wanted. We had saved for a long time to get here. We had changed our work schedules, the whole shebang. It was a big deal. This was a moment. I had my pictures ready. I had two selfie sticks. And now a picture in my head and physically it was completely different. He's like, laid up in bed, ugh, oh, and give me some cranberry. Oh my, like, oh my God. Um, so I started to get upset and mad, as in, I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, a little victim, which is my pattern. But then I remembered that is the ticket to misery. Not accepting what is, is the ticket to suffering. And I didn't want to do that. So I decided to take the ticket to happiness and I went to positive and I went to gratitude. And I asked myself, okay, Lynn, this is happening for a reason. What can be the good in this? What can be the positive? What can you be grateful for? So I said, well, at least I get to experience you know, one on one time with my parents, something I never do at this age. At least we're all here together and he's not on a commission all the time. And if I were the one who was sick, I would want my partner to be positive and compassionate and loving. So change the attitude. And it did. And it worked. And he got better, and then he didn't. He got better, <laughs> and in the end, it turned out to be a great, incredible trip, and it happened just as it should. So I got happy again, and that's what we're talking about today. I mean, it, that's just a small example. We could go to bigger, heavier stuff, or even lighter stuff. But the point is, how can we use the power of gratitude to change the course in our life? Background check. Today's guest used to be a teacher at an inner city school, and that's where her gratitude experience and experiment began. She tried it on her students and she saw an incredible reaction and change in them. Her name is Vismaya Rubin. Vismaya. It's very exotic. I like that. She's a best selling author with a mission to teach others the power of gratitude and the effect it can have on your entire life. Welcome, Vismaya. Thank you. Super excited to be here. What is your what is your best selling book, by the way? Let's get So that. it's called, it's a compilation book. It's called Journey to
1: the Stage. I was in volumes two and five
0: and where can we find that amazon Uh, which is everything
1: of course (laughs) journey to the stage journey to the stage volumes two and five why not one two three i wasn't in those but you can buy them as well (laughs) Oh,
0: journeys to the stage was like a bunch of other authors and you did two and five yes gotcha okay so take me to uh the time you're teaching an inner city school what are you teaching
1: I taught a lot of things, but this when I really was doing the gratitude stuff, I was teaching a, a writing class, so the testing in Florida changed, so this last time I was teaching um it was evidence based writing. So I did a lot of stuff with, you know, the power of gratitude, the science behind gratitude. But imagine being a ninth grader and the first day you walk in school and I say, Hi, I'm Ms. Rubin, and we're going to keep gratitude charts. So
0: (laughs) what the hell is this?
1: Right. They thought I had lost my mind. I could hear the murmurs under their breath. We're not doing this. This is stupid. She
0: doesn't know my life. She's crazy. But wait a minute. Why did you what came to your mind? Why did you even think about that? So... I didn't realize until I was asked that
1: question how this whole thing started. My mom is bipolar, and I think for my entire life I have had, I've practiced gratitude because I remember from very early on people were like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, it must be so tough. And I felt like a lot of people wanted to pity me and feel bad for me, and I was like, no not happening. I'm like, but look at all these experiences I have and all these these things I get to do. So I didn't allow the pity. I didn't allow people to
0: feel sorry for me. Because I felt bad.
1: Right. Oh, your mom's bipolar. Oh my God, I know, you're experiencing this. And so I I switched it. Like, I didn't allow that. Hmm. So it's always, I think, been something ingrained in me, just something I've practiced without realizing it. And then on 11-11-11, I went to this women's workshop and I had cleaned out my house I had done a lot of traveling and I had all these little boxes and the girl happens to sit next to me and she says oh you know I have this box and I put my worries and my dreams and my wishes and I was like well my boxes are too small didn't think anything about it three days later one of my girlfriends calls me up and she's like complaining about her day And I said well if you had a gratitude bag and boom that's how it started so I started creating gratitude bags. I told my stepdad, get up, teach me how to sew. And we were sewing at 12 o'clock at night sometimes. And we made little gratitude bags. And the idea was to write down what you were grateful for on a regular basis. Keep them in your bag. And when you're having a bad day, you open it up and it presents you to all this juiciness and all this deliciousness in your life. Or if you just want to kind of elevate where you're at, you read the things that you wrote and it kind of takes you to a different space.
0: How did that work on you? Because you obviously needed it. That's how we always, he- we teach, so we teach ourselves. We heal so we can heal ourselves.
1: So what I notice now that I'm very conscious of it is that if I'm having a moment, because I do have my, my times, it's you know, gratitude, just because you practice gratitude doesn't mean life is wow wonderful all the time. I'm able to get out of my head a lot faster, like you were talking about with your boyfriend being sick. I'm able to get out of that space a whole lot faster. I'm able to let things go a lot quicker than I would have before. Um, And there's always, even in the darkest of times, I'm always still able to tap into something I'm grateful for because that practice is there when times are good.
0: When, but I'm going chronologically, which is great what you just said, but when you were making your gratitude bag back then, how was it affecting your life then? What did you notice right away? Like, give me a, a specific experience and then we'll we'll get to your teaching.
1: I don't know if I have a specific experience at that moment. Okay. I think it, it was just, it was more the idea of, you know, stay focused on what works versus what doesn't. I don't remember mm-hmm. a big aha at that moment. Um,
0: it was just a, the feeling of tapping into what works. So you were feeling better. The bag was making you feel better and you've, you've figured it out. You figured out the, 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 the formula. So you're back to the inner city school and you realized, how did you know these kids needed this?
1: When you teach, you intuitively know what your babies need. So it didn't start in 2013. It started a little bit after it was, but you know, you know, these are your kids. This yeah. is, these are your babies for the next year. So you do what you need to do to make sure that you can give them whatever experience they need besides just the, the schoolwork, whatever else you can bring into the classroom to enhance your life. That's, that was what I was good at. I loved character development. I loved teaching character development. That's what I taught before I taught writing. And that is my passion. That's what I love to do. So if I could you know, infuse it in somehow, even though I had to teach the writing in the specific curriculum, that's that's what I did. So
0: tell me about, you came in and you told them, hey, we're going to do this gratitude thing. And they were like, please, how did that go? So tell me the results you got.
1: The results actually were really great. In the beginning, they thought it was ridiculous. They weren't going to do it. They were going to lie. I said, that's fine. <laughs> I said gonna lie about what you're grateful for? Right. Yeah. We're gonna make stuff up. The sun said, and the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so in the beginning it was very vague things, like I'm grateful to be alive, I'm grateful right. I have food. And what I started to show them in my own experience is like if I had a bad day, I'd say, Well, this is you know what occurred for me and here's how I found gratitude in it. So I would share them a lot of my own personal experiences mm-hmm. and then what started to happen was that within like three months, because it was around Thanksgiving Thank you for making us do this. I'm grateful for my
0: teacher for making us keep this.
1: And then a little bit further on in the year, you know, I'd get more of those. Thanks for making us do this. And then by the end of the year, I'll never forget one of my last year's teaching. I had a little girl run up to me. She's like, Miss Ruben, I'm so excited. Like, what happened? She says, I realized that how much time I spend with my family. Like, how lucky am I that I spend so much time with, with the people I love? Another little girl came up to me and she says, You know, I just realized that when I'm having a bad day, I can shift that by doing something nice for somebody.
0: I was like, Wow. And how old is this child? She was ninth grade, in ninth grade. That's a very big epiphany. It was huge. I will
1: share something else with you. So I call myself a gratitude gangster. And it came about because I had just, we just read two stories about kids who were involved in gangs and they got out of gangs. And I remember I was sitting in my fifth period class. These were 10th graders. We were sitting in a circle and I threw out the question and said, I don't get why you'd want to be in a gang. Like, I don't understand why people would want to be in gangs. And Alex looks at me and he's like, man, he's like, we're gangsters." And my eyes got really big and I've learned to just be quiet sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I said, Really? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, we're gratitude gangsters.
0: (laughs) Hashtag. (laughs) Well, I almost
1: cried. And then William chimes in. He goes like, yeah, man, we're gratitude gangsters. And Alex goes, we walk up to people and go, I like your shirt. I like your shoes. And they bounced off each other. And then Alex looks at me and he goes, and you know those guns? And I'm like, no guns. And he's like, you know the guns that pop out with the flag and say thank you? He's like, that's (laughs) what we carry around, miss.
0: And these are tough kids. Or they come from tough backgrounds.
1: They come from tough areas. The mm-hmm. kids for me have never been tough. Okay. Like I and I and I have never in the twenty years that I taught in Miami schools mm-hmm. I never had a problem with the kids. Mm-hmm. I I left my cell phone on my desk. I've in twenty years I had one problem. Other than that, nothing. So I never I never thought that I taught tough kids. Mm-hmm. They came from tougher areas.
0: I see. So what did that feel like when you heard that?
1: I wanted to cry. I, I said I, I was like I go, That's my next shirt and I said, If I if I do that, I said, Are you okay with that? And they were like, Oh my god, we love it. So, so. And I and I now call myself a gratitude gangster and I got a
0: lot, a lot of flack for it. people are like,
1: You can't say gangster, that's not you know, that's not a nice thing to say.
0: So Well that means just you're badass. You're you're full throttle. I agree. It's not a negative.
1: Right. And you're willing to do whatever it takes to get into that space of gratitude. So
0: Okay, so we got the concept of gratitude and positivity, which kind of are married. Um, Give us more examples of, um, again, it's easier to come from gratitude when things are going great. I I just did a podcast recently on my ex-husband passing away, and uh, a year, nearly a year of him suffering and taking my kids to see him. And uh, it's pretty damn hard to be grateful when you see people suffering and... Um. Although, if you listen to the podcast, I, it's I did finally after eight months come to gratitude because it it showed I was like because it's so painful. I was like, well, how do, how can I remove this pain? I gotta I gotta go to positive. Well, what good came out of this? Well, I learned a lot about compassion to myself and other people. So, but how can what tools can you give those who are listening? How can we go to gratitude when we're feeling pretty shitty? Very good question. So
1: there's two things I would say. The first thing I would say is gratitude is like CPR. And the first thing I would really tell people to do is compartmentalize. So is every day, is every minute of every day really crappy or is it just because certain areas are crappy? So compartmentalize the areas that are not feeling so good and that really frees up your space to to look for the other areas that are. And I think it's really powerful to acknowledge the areas that are not feeling so good, mm-hmm. because what you resist persists. And if I walk around going, oh, my God, everything is so wonderful. First of all, it's a lie. And second of all, it doesn't give space. It doesn't give freedom. It doesn't give truth to the areas that are really, like you said, feeling shitty, like It's okay. And I think that's the whole that's the key right there is to understand that it's okay to have those emotions, to feel sad when people are sick, to feel grumpy sometimes, to feel angry or it's perfectly okay. And it's and it's normal and you're supposed to feel those ways. And the second you're able to compartmentalize those things, you have the power then to really start to look for the things that are working. So once you give yourself permission to compartmentalize, what I tell people to do is throughout your day, take your cell phone, turn it on, every three to four hours, let it go off. And when that cell phone goes off, stop, Take a deep breath and reflect. Is, has anything happened in those last three to four hours that made mm. me smile, that made me feel good? Did I do something nice for somebody? I call them my gratitude wins. So who or what made a difference for you? What did I do for myself? And I think it's really important to put in that self component because sometimes we do really amazing things and then we're like, oh, we shouldn't brag about it. Brag about it. Write it down. What did you do great for yourself or someone else? Yeah. Acknowledge.
0: So you're saying put your timer on your phone. And maybe if you're in a really, really bad place and you didn't feel any positivity or gratitude for four hours, you could dig, 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 dig deep and say, well, at least I put my timer on. (laughs) Right.
1: And I think the power here is to realize the first thing, you know, is give yourself a break. And if that if you don't find anything, it's okay because your timer is going to go off again and be kind to yourself in this process. But like you said, the first step is you're actually doing something. You're cognizantly looking for what you're grateful for. You're in that space. And it's okay to not feel it right away.
0: So when you say compartmentalize, I visualize, like, sometimes I, if I can't handle something, I put it in a pretty shoebox with my favorite color, like a linen shoebox <laughs> in, like, in a periwinkle color, and I'll say I'll deal with that later. And then, so that's compartmentalizing, but don't not feel it. That's what you're saying. Like, feel feel the crappy feeling, go to the box, feel it, but don't wallow, put a lid on it, and then go to the other side, all the good things. Is that what you're suggesting?
1: Yes and no. I mean, I think that that sometimes you can't always put it away and send it away. Like, you know, yeah. somebody once said to me, if, if what you're worried about right now can't be dealt with, send it away. And I think it's important to understand that, you know, somebody who's sick in your life is mm-hmm. there constantly. That's always on your mind. And to give that space to breathe, like I said before, and in spite of that, you're able to still look for other things. Some of my most powerful moments of of really tapping into gratitude have come when people in my life were dying. You know, mm. my aunt was in the hospital and it was the last time we knew she was in the hospital and she's kicked everybody out of the room and she said, "Stay." And I said, and I'm thinking to myself, "Why would she ask me? Her daughter, her former daughter-in-law was there, my uncle, her husband of 40 years was there. Why me?" So she said to me, "I need you to help me with my bedpan." And at first I'm like, you know, again, why me? And when I walked out of the hospital, I got in my car, I got into I-95 and I had to pull over because I started to just ball mm-hmm. because what she said to me was, I trust you. She didn't say the words, but her actions. And for me, that was, it didn't take away the sadness that I knew she was dying. It didn't take away, you know, what cancer had done to her body. But because I was constantly looking for those moments, I was able to get the best gift that she had ever given me.
0: I completely understand that. Sometimes pain and a gift come together. Oh, yeah. One time I I was taking my daughter to visit her dad. And he was, you know, it was a nursing home. So they're no fun. Sorry, nursing homes. and um, Or like a rehab facility, whatever cute word you want to put on it. And we walked in his room and he had an amputation. And he was on the floor, confused and soiled and it was one of the most heartbreaking things i've ever seen and then my daughter was you know confused and so we jumped right in we helped and jumped right in and I took over I, I did we did everything that we would want done to us and um i had a breakdown after we left because it was a bunch of other heavy stuff but um I felt it was a gift as well. You know what an opportunity to serve. Oh, it sounds so granola, but it's true. It's very true. It's, it's,
1: It's very true. How do you? You know, my mom is in an assisted living, and sometimes I get extremely frustrated with her. And something clicked in me the other day, and it was like, you know, compassion. Be compassionate. Be compassionate. Be compassionate. And she's having some issues go on that I hope I never have to experience. But again, it's the same thing. Be compassionate. And she'll call me in the middle of the day. I need you to come right now. Don't you, you know, you don't love me if you don't come right now. Mm. And I have to really take a deep breath and say, okay, lady, practice what you preach. Mom, I'll get there when I can get there. I'll get there when I can get there. And tell myself, be compassionate, because it's tough sometimes.
0: Well, that's a great example, because there you have somebody who was well, having a moment, maybe is manipulative, and very he, much you you know, instead of, I'm glad to hear you say, I'll get there when I get there. Instead of saying, come from gratitude, be positive, give everybody everything, your bone marrow, your, your, sel- your soul. No, you still have to do self-care first. Take care of yourself and be compassionate. Absolutely. I
1: just left for three and a half weeks. I was on a road trip. I went to do things I needed to do. I talked about gratitude in different places in the country. I made sure that her needs were taken care of before I left. I had her Diet Coke in the refrigerator just like she wanted. I got her <laughs> cigarettes so that she didn't have anything to complain about. I got the soap she wanted. And I took off, and I really explained to her. I said, listen, you're on your own for three weeks. Obviously, I had a backup plan. If I needed someone to go check on her, that was fine. And and as interesting as the universe works, the second I get on the road, five hours into my road trip, I get a call. Your mom might be rushed to the hospital. Mm. And I'm like... Do I turn around or do I keep going? Well, I kept going. And I said, keep me posted. And I knew if there was something that I needed to be back for, I would have been back for it. But I had to do what I needed to do for me because I was really looking forward to,
0: to this trip. Well, you needed to feed yourself first. Absolutely. You need the oxygen on your mask first before you can give it to the person next to you. Oh, yeah. So what is another tip, Um, those are great examples of people listening, Like, like how can, explain how changing your mindset can change your life? It sounds very broad, you know, very Tony Robbins, change your life by, you know, going to gratitude, but it is, it's been true for me. So can you explain how that works?
1: So I think for the first part is is consciously like we had talked about looking for things to be grateful for and I think the more you tap into that and the more you practice that it starts to it starts to happen automatically like you start to see things that you did not see before you start to pay attention to things you did not pay attention to before and I think that by being in action that's what starts to shift the mindset like really really taking the effort to say I'm going to to today, do something that makes me feel better. So, if you're in that space of, oh my god, I don't want to get out of bed. You know, the other day I was in Maryland and I felt I walked, I got up and I was like, could feel anxiety, and I said, okay, are you going to stay there or what are you going to do? So I got up, I walked around, I went to the garden, I you know, I I walked down the street, I felt the cool air, do something that allows you to feel better do something that you know, even if it's one step, a tiny step, do something that's going to physically make you feel better. And I believe that that starts to shift the way we feel mentally, because I don't always think it's easy to shift mentally Mm -hmm. without doing a physical thing. Sometimes it is, but I think it's the practice.
0: I agree 100%. Changes energy. So do something physical and then perhaps your your mindset changes
1: right it could be journal it could be dance it could be sing it could be walk it could be jump up and down whatever it is for you it could be make a cup of coffee but intentionally so
0: do something that you know is going to bring you joy how does um how does giving uh, compassion or love or mm-hmm. service to others how does that how does that relate to gratitude so I think when you,
1: when you step outside of yourself and you're actually doing that act of service, there's something that ignites inside of you. It changes something in your brain and you, you feel the energy, you feel the, the, the neurotransmitters, you feel the actual chemicals in your brain doing something different for you. It's, it's a scientific fact that when you do something for somebody else, it shifts the way you feel. And in my greatest experiences is when I have done something for somebody else, I think I get more joy out of it than the person
0: receiving the gift. I think everybody who's been of service knows that that to be true. If you're a parent, you know that. that You know, it's the holidays or a birthday, you know, your kid's opening a gift. You're so excited because they're so excited. You know, that the gift is really for you. So the brain perhaps doesn't know. This is what I read. My guru, Marilyn Roth, told me that the brain does not know the difference between For example, validating somebody else and validating yourself, giving to somebody else and giving to to you, that it's the same kind of chemical reaction.
1: Yes. The brain doesn't know the difference either between making something up and the the reality. So that's another way. If you want to, if you're feeling in that crazy space, sit down and write down, how do you want your day to go? Like make today the most magical day ever and write it out and see how that shifts your, your energy for the moment. I love to do that.
0: What are the, what are What's in your, your volume of your book? You said two and five? Yes. Okay. So what's what are the key components in both of those?
1: So it really talked about how did we get into a space out of our regular day-to-day job into a space of speaking on platforms. And mm-hmm. I think for me, the second one was the most profound because there was a Steve Harvey quote and it was like, basically, you've got to jump and you may get scrapes and scratches on the way, expect to get scrapes and scratches on the way. But if you don't take those steps to move to your dreams and your desires and wherever you want to be, a year from now, two days from now, a week from now, a month from now, you're going to be in the same exact space. So that was really profound for me. Like, what am I going to do to take myself away from the school system into doing my own thing so that I can travel because i've been a gypsy since i was 17 years old and and that's what feeds my soul so how do i do the things that i need to do to feed my soul so that i'm living you know i'm living what i say i want to live or how i want to live so
0: how did you leave your secure and i use that (laughs) loosely secure certainly not high paying but consistent job as a teacher and educator to living the dream that you wanted for this part of your life
1: So, I had saved some money for it. I had a business coach. Looking now, it's been this is my third year. If I could go back, there are things that I would do definitely different. Um, I would have listened more to my coach than I did. But I made a decision because, you know, I say to my kids, go out, reach your dreams. If you have desire, go for it. Life is short. You never know. At the time that, I left 2017. My dad had cancer. And I decided that if I didn't do it now, when was I going to do it? Mm -hmm. And I finally said, and I didn't quit. I took a leave of absence. So I gave myself that year that if I could play, I could test things out. And if it didn't work, I could always go back. So I didn't just walk away completely. But in my head, I knew, like, everybody's like, well, what's plan B? And I was like, there is no plan B.
0: There can't be, right?
1: No, there is a plan mm-hmm. A, either make mm-hmm. it or don't. Right. So my dad thought I had lost my mind. My family had thought I lost my mind.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go be a gratitude coach. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So
1: my brothers were really supportive, you know, but everybody else was like, "She's she's crazy. <laughs> you know, and then what I kept hearing was, you've got 10 more years. Mm. 10 more years. Mm. So I was... 47 at the time, 10 more years means that I was 57. And then if I wanted to drop to get the real big money in teaching, I would have been 62. And I'm like, at 62 is when I'm going to start living. Mm -hmm. And I saw so many people around me, my family always had conventional jobs. Mm -hmm. So that's what they did. And then at 62 is when you start living and People were sick because they weren't taking care of themselves. All of these other things. And I'm like, no, I'm going to live, experience, play. I have a degree. I have a master's. If worst case scenario, I can always go back. But that's not my intention.
0: You did not let fear run you. No. And there's times
1: that I'm fearful. There's times Mm -hmm. that I say to myself, you know, I never say, why did I quit? Why did I walk away? There's times I say, why didn't I listen when I should have listened, maybe? Mm -hmm. But um, no, I do not regret
0: not one second. Well, why don't you practice right now? That's a little tweak we could do, if I just may. Sure. Flip to the table. You've mentioned twice, wow, you know, kind of beating yourself up. I wish I would have listened to my coach better. Mm -hmm. How could you flip that? How could you come from gratitude and positivity for what? for the? You didn't use the word mistake, but right. for the things that you would have done differently.
1: Right. So I get that. And I don't normally should have myself because mm-hmm. I should have done these. but
0: Well, you're human. So, you
1: know. so I didn't do what I didn't do mm-hmm. because around that time, my dad was dying and I got to spend so much time with him with my family six months after he died. My uncle, I spent a month with him being his full-time caregiver. So that's part of the reason why the things weren't done in the the way that they were supposed to be done or designed in the beginning to be
0: done. But again, I wouldn't
1: trade that time with either one of them for anything in the world.
0: So it sounds like everything did happen as it should. Yes. Maybe not as the formula that... Coach would plan for you. Exactly. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I like to go over things. It's the teacher and me, too, because <laughs> for my own brain. So just to, you gave us some, you know, some great quality, thick tips. So going to gratitude, number one, you suggested something physical, like, well, th- like what you do with your kids, a gratitude bag. So put stuff in the bag every day and grab it every day when you're feeling bad or just write
1: in a journal. Now I have a journal. So I
0: use my journal because it's a lot
1: easier for me. So I write in my journal, I write things that are unique to the day. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to say I'm grateful for a house, Mm -hmm. but I'm so grateful that I got to sit in my front on my front porch today and watch the birds fly by. So that's more specific. It's unique. It's for today. Mm -hmm. And I think that that causes you to really stay focused on the things that are That are magical for today. I love the word magical. So look for the magic in your day.
0: And you don't have to go back and revisit that, but it just helps you get you could or could not.
1: Sometimes I I enjoy going back to read it because there are things that I wrote down that I forgot about. So when I go back and I look at them, I'm able to relive that experience. And it makes me feel I love it. It makes me feel really happy and, and joyous. And, you know, my favorite moment that I wrote down that I totally forgot about until I went back and read it was, my uncle had Parkinson's and I had spent a lot of time with him when, when my aunt was dying and I was there for him and I was always with him. And I had a rental house and I walked in one day and he has Parkinson's and he's on a six foot ladder. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And he's painting and he's like, you've been with me for the past six months. I wanted to do something nice for you. Uh, I was in tears. Yeah. Like, here's a man who's who physically can't work anymore. Who's Mm. on a ladder painting for me like
0: moment. Okay. Gratitude bag or gratitude journal. Your second tip was to set an alarm every couple of hours on your phone and just put things in there that are, that make you feel good or that you notice or that you're grateful for and you can review it. Right. So your gratitude wins. Gratitude wins. Uh, Number three, take action uh, to feel better. Physical action is great. Like you said, jump rope, walk, whatever, like, you know, shake it off, like get into a different space. And number four, which I think is the number one tip, compartmentalize. Absolutely. So feel the crappy feeling. Right. Right accept that that's what's so you're supposed to, well I don't
1: want to say supposed to you know I think one of my favorite quotes was by Tal Ben-Shahar he asked a question of somebody who was interviewing him and he says so there's only two types of people who never experience negative emotion and he asked the interviewer do you know who they are so I ask you do you know who the only two types of people that never experience negative emotions are
0: the types of people I, Well, obviously I think people who who feel grateful appreciative Nope. Um, type of a quiz, uh, type of person, like a personality type, or mm-hmm. like uh, a spiritual person. Nope, I have no idea. Give All me right, the I'll answer. tell you.
1: So the first type of people that never experience negative emotion, Animals. are dead, oh, dead. Are dead, and the second type are are psychopaths. So if you experience negative emotions, if you're ever angry, sad, frustrated, be happy because you're not dead and you're not a psychopath. <laughs> You're human, and you're right. healthy, right? And if you don't know one, you don't know the other. There so you go. Put, put them in a little in a little area, and say, "This is the area that that doesn't feel so so delicious right now. This is the area that's making me sad, or angry, or frustrated." That doesn't mean everything else is...
0: I'm still a good person. I'm still a positive person. I'm still worthy. I'm still fabulous. Absolutely. I just have some shitty feelings. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty funny. In a sentence, to review, what is your best advice for life on going to gratitude? In a sentence.
1: Gratitude is like a muscle. If you don't use the muscle, it atrophies. So every day, look for things that make you smile, that make your heart happy, that make you feel good.
0: That was beautiful. I don't know. I just, uh I feel lighter and better already. Just you coming in here. Yay. Your shirt is so cute. It says hashtag grateful. If you want to get in contact with Vismaya Rubin, go to her website, dot com. She's a coach as well. She can coach you, everybody uh, gives lectures. Also, her book is on Amazon and it is Journey to the Stage. Volume, two, Volume and five. two and five. Yes, that's where you'll find Bismaya, But you could read the whole thing. Journey to the stage. Yes. What's the stage? Life, heaven, life, peace, speaking stage. Oh, okay, cool.
1: You're a joy. Thank you. Follow her also on Instagram. Vismaya underscore Ruben. And you can always find me at Living in Gratitude today. And Vismaya is
0: V-I-S-M-A-Y-A. I'm so grateful to meet you. I am grateful for you as well. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on com. I care about what's on your mind. I love your questions. And when you go to my website, you'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways they can help the Advice for Life followers. So reach out if you have something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think, tell me how I'm doing, what you want to hear about. The links are also in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast and your shares and your subscribes and your reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and help us reach a lot more people. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.